you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast. That's my dog, Greg, with a double G. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am in a room that is just overflowing with heroes. Chris Wessling, Colleen Wolf, Greg Rosenthal, and back for his second ATN appearance. Oh, my goodness, it's Steve Weish. What's up, boys and girls? I'm the one saying, oh, my goodness, I got invited back. You're back. Yeah. That's, special. That's, That's a sign. Back by popular demand. I came into the to the office today, I told someone that Weish was on the show, and they were like, oh, he killed it the first time. Yeah, gotta right, have yeah. Weish back. That, there that's have a true been, story. And a, a, an executive said that. If, if you're listening, uh, and you've only been on the show once, and you weren't asked back, I wouldn't read into it, but maybe read into it a little bit. <laughs> because sometimes you do get that one shot, and uh, and if you don't hit, you don't make it back. But Steve... I mean, yeah. did we ever doubt that Weish would come in and hit bombs? No. Yeah. Doubt it. That was like when I, I, I went so on Good Morning up. Football, I think, in the first couple of weeks. That was it. One, that was it? One, one, and, one done. and done? Yeah, one was, and done. That was, like, yeah, it was like three in the morning. Read between the lines Even Peppermill came back. <laughs> Spice rack. Peppermill. <laughs> uh, Connie, what's up? Back for another Hey, show. I'm back. I, look at this. Twice in one week. Yeah. You guys are lucky. Read between the lines. Hey. The read between the lines episode. What else is it today, uh, Erica, behind the glass? It is the hugest show of the entire year. Oh, my God. Whoa. It is hashtag Fortnite. Oh. It's the Fortnite special. We're going to get into it? Oh, yeah. Fortnite, oh, yeah. baby. Well, we, we had some. Te- I'm weak in the knees right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We did some testing. You know, the NFL's got a lot of money to just throw around. Yeah. They're like, get a little younger, get a little more on trend, a little more hip. And we thought yeah. that's a good idea. What are the Nobody kids says into? hip anymore, Greg. <laughs> what are the kids into? What are the, what are the millennials into? Steve, you have three sons. 
that all love it, right? Yes, they do. And this is the episode where we really dig in on Fortnite. So this is our Fortnite special. We're going to save it for the very end of the show, though. Okay. Don't skip ahead. Promises you won't. But I know it's such a popular game uh, that you might want to be or you're tempted to. Don't do it. Got to do the news first. Got to do the news yeah. first. And there's a lot to get to uh, today. Um, we are going to you know, continue to dig in on the uh, national anthem controversy uh, that the NFL is caught up in. Uh, also, an update on a former first-round pick for the San Francisco 49ers. A little QB talk, rookie QB talk. And then, oh, yeah, trust. It's an important thing. We have it in this room. So oh, yeah. Even though it's just your mm-hmm. second show, we're all brothers and sisters basically here already. Oh, no, I, I know if, you, if I jumped out of a window, someone would throw me the sheet with the knots in it to climb back. Oh, yeah, yeah. no question. If you like pulled, Kim Dietrich. If you pulled a yes. Kim Dietrich. <laughs> That's right. I would jump out to save you. Here's a great Kim Dietrich story real quick. Oh, yeah. My son played against him in high school and held his own. Wow. Wow. He went to Grayson High School. My son went to Archer High School. Really? There in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Mm. As he played against Robert Kim Dietrich, and he did a good job. Since a couple years older, Kim Dietrich wasn't quite the man he – he was by the time he graduated, but Bruce Weich held his own against Robert mm. Kimdiche. Okay, Bruce. Was he a, was Kimdiche a singer back then? Because he ended up developing kind of like a do we need? big vocal. We voice. do. All right. Kimdiche, Kimdiche. I was going to do a live performance. <laughs> I just grabbed Why what I could find. But window. this is better. It's well <laughs> produced. Kimdiche, Kimdiche. Now your draft stock is falling to Kimdiche, Kimdiche. <laughs> Why did you crash out that window, Kim Diche? Kim Diche, this is your last chance to prove yourself. Don't fall once more. Can't believe we dusted that off today. It's like the rock opera and forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's been a few years, but it holds up. It's this, like, this second visit is definitely a keeper. Yeah. A keeper. It's probably the favorite thing I've ever done in my career, now that I listen to it again with a little bit of distance. Um, all right, so so much to get to. We're going to do uh, – oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about, trust. Who do you still trust as we uh, – uh, look back on 2017 and spin forward into 2018. So we'll go around the horn and talk about that. Uh, but before we get to that, and of course, before we get to Fortnite, let us do some news. Hey, this is Mark Sussel reporting from the streets of Los Angeles, uh, where I am currently engaged on a lengthy staycation. And here's what I have achieved this week. Literally nothing. <laughs> Listen to his voice, by the way. He sounds like a He's wild man. In and rare did, form. Did, did Tamposi get that, or was that pulled off of something? I Yeah, I texted That's him. Special. And I said, Good work. you got to send me something. Cannon. Thanks. You know what? Mark's staycation, his latest staycation, I don't know if you know this, Steve. Mark takes a week where he disappears within Los Angeles from his family, from his friends, from everyone, and you'll get an occasional, more than occasional, text dispatches, <laughs> maybe an Instagram photo or a tweet, um, castigating the entire social media industry. Uh, This has been a particularly interesting Mark Sessler staycation, and you could hear it in his voice that he's been on an adventure. It's been wild for him. We've gotten some wild reports. It feels like a mixture of like a crime noir detective and Hunter S. Thompson. He's out with Frank Signetti. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) Frank Signetti, (laughs) private eye. Um, You think he's staying at the Econo Lodge right down the street? Which he's been known to do as well. Yeah, he's been known Wait, to go right oh. down the street. He does, seem, he, he does seem to have that kind of 48 hours uh, Forensic Files hotel vibe about it. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're serious? He stays at the Econo Lodge? He's been known to do it across from the Cozy. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, gee. I was talking, oh, there's, yeah. there's the lure. I was talking to Henry about it today, Handsome Hank. 
usually if you're staying at the Econo Lodge, you either have a falling out with your wife, and it's sad, unfortunate, or you're in some type of, you know, trist. affair. Trist. Trist? Trist. All right. I like to say trist. But Me and Mrs. <laughs> Jones got a uh, thing going on. But Mark is, Mark is unique in so many ways. Mark's just there. He's at the Econo Lodge. Probably. Sometimes he just wow. goes. Sometimes he just goes. The one in Hollywood. Uh, he, sometimes Hollywood, but sometimes right across from <laughs> he's, he's got an expansive list. <laughs> All right. The big, he's number. like the norm of a Kanawha. She walks in like, <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, we'll start, yes, where you have to start right now. The biggest story in the NFL this week, uh, changes approved by team owners at the spring league meeting. Players who don't want to stand during the anthem will be allowed to stay off the field. The clubs have the power to set their own policies uh, to ensure that the anthem is being respected. Uh, so you could stay in the locker room, but if you're on the field, you ha- have to kneel or else, which has led to a lot of uh, consternation and controversy and you may not be surprised, but Donald Trump, the president of the United States, had something to say about this. He said the NFL, quote, did the right thing by implementing this new policy. And here's more from Trump. I think that's good, he said on Fox News. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but I still think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem, or you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem, and the NFL owners did the right thing if that's what they've done. Uh, Steve Weiss, you were at the spring meetings uh, when all of this went down. Uh, Your thoughts on the situation? Well, look – it's just so funny because in speaking, and this is speaking to like people in the, in the league office and some owners, the one thing, the one thing that kind of almost drove this, why the owners felt they had to do something, is they wanted to keep the NFL out of the Donald Trump's Trumposphere. And what several people told me is that leading up to the midterm elections, because this is going to be a contested election statewide, nationwide, is they did not want the Trump base to be talking about what those players and what those owners and the NFL were doing during during the lead up to the midterms, which is basically the start of the NFL season, and we saw what happened when when Donald Trump called those players SOBs for not standing for the national anthem. It ginned up the base, and he did not again want that the, the owners, I should say, did not want that again to be the, kind of the spark having the NFL's name out there, which is crazy because you can do anything. You can placate him as much as you want, he, and if he needs something to divert or to get things going, he can drop your name in there. So it's it's just funny how the next day he came out and said on Fox and Friends, the NFL did the right thing. Now, as much – I'll say this. As, as much as we've seen blowback from players, uh, some – you know, Steve Kerr in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, the NFL expected this, and they expected it. It's, it's May. So they're figuring by the time the season starts, this will die down. We'll be talking about – Will Baker Mayfield take over Tyrod Taylor? You know, you heard Jerry Jones come out and say, hey, maybe we can start talking about football and football only. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how all of this, and it's all going to come down to, because now they're giving these clubs states' rights. 32 teams get to make their own rules on what they call workplace rules. It's going to affect us guys, believe mm-hmm. it or not. I mean, all, all of this affects anybody who's involved with the NFL. So, you know, it looks like Jed York and, and Chris Johnson, they might not do anything. They might just say, okay, if a player kneels, we'll, we'll pay the fine. We heard Chris Johnson say that. Jed York told me, hey, look, if I, if I if the club gets fined, you know, if a player does something, maybe I can say, okay, that money you're going to fine me, how about if I just give this to the Players Coalition cause instead of going to hmm. the NFL's charities? 
So there's a lot of things that have to be done, but the most important part of this is these owners, they better get in these meeting rooms with players because the trust that had been built over the past few months, I mean, a lot of owners, Robert Kraft, Jeffrey Lurie, Jimmy Haslam, they have been with their players in the communities, going to prisons, doing a lot of things to help social justice reform. A lot of that trust now has been broken because the players, some players, not all players, some players felt that they were kind of hoodwinked. Uh, by this so we'll see how the reaction is but the biggest thing we're talking about player reaction the owners listen to the fan and sponsor reaction by doing something and, and those are the voices clearly that matter the most to them by making this decision so again there's a lot of time to see how this plays out but the league expected this blowback they'd rather have it in may than again like i said at the start of the season. But don't you think it'll be just reset when it, the first preseason, the first week of preseason games, the, the first week in the regular season, everybody's going to be watching? It's I, I, I don't think it's, it's going to happen in the preseason. There's too many guys, you know, who need to make the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and starters don't play. Most starters don't dress. So I don't think you're going to see much in the preseason. It would be week one um, if, you know, if something happens. All eyes are going to be on that oh, in week it, one, though. When, when I really think... Not sure that it would have been as much. It wasn't by week 15, 16, 17 last year. There was only a few different players demonstrating. Everyone just kind of accepted that this is part of it. So if the in, intent, and we you know we mentioned it last time, was to make it less political, I just kind of can't imagine it not being a topic uh, with the midterm elections. And I think that's partly because football is one of the only things that brings the country together. Sure. Even if everyone disagrees, there's a reason why it's been a popular you know, issue, I think, for Trump and in general, is because it's something that gets people going. It gets a reaction, a response from both sides. Uh, there's, there's two sides to every story, and Doug Baldwin, uh, in his media availability this week, called Donald Trump an idiot after uh, Trump's comments on Fox. Brandon Marshall uh you use the word disgusting to describe Trump's remarks, saying uh, uh, it's an abuse of First Amendment rights. On the other side of it, Drew Brees, uh, who's made himself clear during this uh, enti- entire saga involving the anthem, but he was on the Dan Patrick show, uh, and he said, I think that the national anthem is a way to unify everyone, I think, by some people kneeling and some people standing and all that. I think it's very divisive for our country. Um, so there are two sides to the story, but it, there is um, – a very vocal contingent that is upset about what the situation is right now. And it's going to continue to be that way. And it's hard for me to imagine, Wes, um, that come week one, like we're saying, that this won't be the biggest story in the NFL. Yeah, I can't I, I can't imagine, like Greg said, that it would have been near as many eyeballs if they just left it alone and didn't do anything. I, I'm sort of thrown off by the whole issue that it's become so absurd. I just don't understand. Like, if you it wanted to – I can't even say what I want to say. Like, if you wanted to make it all about football, why do you have flyovers? Yeah. Right. Well, well, and and there's just so many – I think it opens up a lot of questions because Chris Johnson, the, you know, the Jets um, chairman right now who's running the team, said – Whose brother is a political whose brother, for, for right, the United States. Who works for, for the president yeah. said that he would, he would pl- pay any fines that any players uh, incurred because he – previously had said he doesn't think anything needs to be changed. So he made it clear he doesn't really agree with this. Jed York, uh, you know, the the 49ers owner, at least entertained the idea that maybe he would hold off on concession sales during the anthem because there's kind of a disconnect of, well, if we really 
you know, respect the anthem in quotes that much. Why are we selling beer during it? And actually, that that is a policy that some teams, like in baseball, they don't right. sell during. How is that even a controversial I, statement? I don't even. I mean, that's common right. sense. If, right. I don't. If everyone is supposed to respect the anthem. Then the rules should apply to everyone. Right. right. But we've obviously all been at sporting events. I've been at urinals during the anthem. That's just that's just the reality. Is that everyone? You're also doing a communist, but Here's, that should be stated. Let's, guys, we, we've been in stadiums at kickoff. You tell me one stadium, maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe Green Bay, where it's filled to capacity when during the playing of the national anthem. The majority of the time this happens, the stadium is half full. Mm-hmm. Television cameras do not televise the playing of the national anthem, except for the Super Bowl and except week three last year right. after Trump dropped the SOB bomb about NFL players and everyone got bent out of shape and everyone gave this false, hey, we're going to be united, which was, to me, a, a mm. bad reaction by players, owners, and everything because – they got butt hurt because the president interjected them into this. So the fact – here's the thing. So many owners went into this. I would probably say a third of the owners went into this saying, we don't need to do anything. The narrative we heard over the past few league meetings is, we don't need to touch it. But for some reason, they felt now is the time because they didn't want to get caught flat-footed. That was what was said. I don't know what they meant about getting caught flat-footed. Uh, but they felt they needed to do something. Again, I, I mean, I know we're worked up about this now. I'm just very interested to see how this is going to be two or three months from now because, frankly, we, we've heard from a handful of players. We haven't heard – there, there's not – remember, there's 1,700 players in the NFL. There's a lot of other personnel that we haven't heard from. So is this really bending the noses of everybody in the NFL? Right. Is there, there, there going to be an organized reaction like there was – a year ago. I guess I just would think that the, the chances of that is, are more likely because they just feel like they're getting back to we'll, a corner. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know if I was a player and I hear Donald Trump saying that kneeling uh, and exercising my right to a peaceful protest, I should be kicked out of the country. I shouldn't even be here. I, I would not react well to that. And it, and it's such it goes against what Roger Goodell even said in his statement, which is part of what the whole disconnect is, which is in his statement. Announcing this policy, Roger Goodell said it was unfortunate that on-field protests created a false perception among many that thousands of NFL players were unpatriotic. So he is saying he doesn't believe that kneeling is unpatriotic, the commissioner, and yet yeah, it, it, I wonder. I wonder if he said that to some of the people in that room because, trust me, the people who cast that vote, there are plenty of them who feel that is unpatriotic. Mm-hmm. Some of them who took a staged phony in week three to try to say, I support my players. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, continue to track this story as it develops, and it will. Uh, in other NFL news, Reuben Foster, uh, a first-round pick for the 49ers last year who had some major off-the-field issues, but some of that's getting cleared up uh, in the courts. A, a judge dismissed domestic violence charges against the linebacker, uh, and he took part in the team's offseason program for the first time since being charged in mid-April, and this just came across uh, right before we started taping that the Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuscaloosa District Attorney's Office has dropped a marijuana possession charge against uh, Foster. So now uh, he's at a place where it's down to a court date, June 6th, to face a misdemeanor charge for possession of a weapon, uh, of course, the NFL, and this is another thorny issue that the league has had uh, issues with in recent years, has its own jurisdiction in terms of whether or not Foster faces league discipline. But uh, in the courts, things are clearing up for Foster. Yeah, and it 
it goes to show, I guess, why John Lynch and the 49ers decided uh, not to make any transaction with Reuben Foster when this all popped up. And they caught a lot of heat. Yes, a lot of people did. are calling for him to be and they, and they did, and that and that's fine. But one thing that's really bothered me this week, seen from some media in San Francisco and de- definitely some fans in San Francisco, is people kind of celebrating this as like it's not a time for victory. As like, hey, you guys were all wrong. How how dare you report on this? How dare you say anything? I'm not going to make any judgment. You know, you, we can't make any judgment one way or another. The, the reality is the district attorney released a statement even after this that they believe there was significant evidence demonstrated that he seriously hurt his girlfriend. Whatever choice that she decided to make to to say that she had lied before and that they take the process away, that's fine. That That's out of it. The legal process played out. They also said some may have wondered why we think – you know, Mr. Foster hurt his girlfriend when she said she didn't. Recantation is common among domestic violence victims. Some are scared. Some feel guilty. Some need money. Some are coerced. There's no there's no judgment to it. But this has happened in a lot of cases I've noticed in sports lately. And and the legal process plays out. And that's kind of how the teams have to operate. But the the spiking the football and like kind of going after and celebrating this as if it's some sort of like win for the 49ers or that the media was somehow irresponsible or that even the district attorney was irresponsible for pursuing this, like has really rubbed me the wrong way this week. I've noticed. Well, as it should, I mean, you know, look, the the one thing, uh, and, and Killian, a columnist there who was highly critical of the 49ers for not cutting foster. She wrote a column saying like, look, if, if this woman's, you know, re- recantation is true, then she she kind of hurt more women coming yes. forward. Yeah. Domestic violence uh, cause. And, and, you, and Colin, you have you have to kind of agree with this because now people are going to say, well, look, she could. Yeah, but be- but we, you don't know. You don't know. Don't like know. it's so incredibly common uh, that that deals are worked out. And, and that's you can make whatever choices that you want to make. That's not a judgment. But to, to make some sort of moral thing after the fact, there, there's, there's there's no victory laps here. For anyone, and I can tell you this because I've I've spoken to the 49ers officials throughout this whole process, and one, they clearly had information which made them think that Reuben Foster might be cleared of these charges. Um, two, they always wanted to have a plan in place, and I reported this a while ago. Even when he was told to stay away from OTAs, they were in contact with him almost daily, keeping him on a plan because even they were concerned. If he were, if you were to have football taken away from him and kind of just pushed out there in the ether while he was waiting for things to happen, there could be some problems there. I mean, they're still concerned that Reuben Foster needs structure in his life right now. And so the gravitas that Lynch and Jed York and Kyle Shanahan have gathered now in their locker room by saying, for players, you know, Richard Sherman said something to Jim Trotter about Jed York, by not bailing on – Ruben Foster immediately by letting this play out by establishing some type of support system during this players in that locker room are like okay our our leadership they've got our backs and then Jed York coming out saying he abstained from this national anthem vote because players were not involved in the conversation he said he was texting with Richard Sherman saying this is how I think it's going to go thoughts 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 so he was trying to incorporate players of course Richard Sherman mm-hmm. is one of the highest ranking players in the players association so the gravitas that that leadership has shown while also saying if any of our players, if we find out, put hands on a woman, they're gone. Okay, so they've at least built in, in the short term going into the season 
a type of trust with their players throughout this whole process that could bode well for them mm. on and off the field. Yeah, and it's tough because, I mean, I I can't sit here and judge, you know, what actually happened uh, from either side. I mean, I think, Steve, to your point, like, yeah, if um, the fact that if she was really lying about all this happening, yeah, it, it, all the skeptics can point to her and be like, look, like the these these women who come after athletes, like, you know, they're they're all liars. And it waters down the situations when it actually does happen. But, you know, if it did in fact happen and then she recanted, I mean, that that's an awful situation for everybody. I mean, she needs to face some type of punishment because people talk about how this could ruin his career. What would the first press release the district attorney say? He faces 11 years in prison. Wow. That ruins his life. Wow. That ruins his life. And his reputation, too. Absolutely. Uh, in other news, the Arizona Cardinals took Josh Rosen uh, in the first round of the draft in April, and Sam Bradford, of course, is in the house. The immortal Mike Glennon is in the house. A lot of thought is that Bradford would be the guy, but Rosen was the most, quote, pro-ready quarterback. Uh, but Steve Wilkes had this to say this week about the possibility that Josh Rosen uh, starts the season in week one. No, it's not a long shot. Uh, I talked about it from day one. The best 11 are going to play. Sam is the starter, and when he's healthy, he's great. But everybody is competing to be out there on the field. Competition is a great thing. It makes us all better. Wes, Translate that. Every coach in the NFL, to one degree or another, believes in the competition mantra. That what you did last year doesn't matter. What your reputation is doesn't matter. When we get to practice, when we get to training camp, the best guy wins. I'd say Pete Carroll is number one on the list. Whoever does the most in training camp will get the job. Uh, 32 might be Hugh Jackson, who is just going to give the job to Tyrod Taylor. Baker Mayfield doesn't have a chance. I'm not – I'm not, not believing that oh. one. Steve Wilkes. Hubba, hubba. I think Steve Wilkes is closer to the Pete Carroll model. I also Whoever think, wins the job wins the job. I also think the these quotes aren't made in a vacuum. He's seen Josh. First of all, I think they love Josh Rosen. That's why they moved up to draft him. But he's seen Josh Rosen now for two, three weeks, four weeks in the building. He's seen him operate. So he has some more information to make a statement like that, that, all right, I've, I've seen some things that I like. Like I'm not, I don't think it's just kind of said willy nilly. I think he's seen what Josh Rosen has to offer, and he's like, this guy might be playing for us this year. Yeah, but Greg, does he love the game, Josh Rosen? <laughs> that's what I want to know, and that's what America wants to know. This is such a May headline: Josh Rosen starting the season isn't a long shot. Bit of a trope alert. It, a little it, bit. It could, be, it could be a trope alert. I, look. Yeah. Trope alert. Oh, there it is. There it is. Trope alert. <laughs> but but. Trope alert. Go ahead, Steve. Just yeah, just. I mean, I, this, this, she's actually there. on the rest of the show. This is so <laughs> solid right here. We don't know how to turn it off. But look, first year, head, first year head coaches like to align themselves with their rookie quarterbacks. Should they take one in the first round? That's how they're either going to make it or break it. So, let's look at that fact. Let's also look at the fact that everything the Cardinals have said sets it up for Josh Rosen to win the starting job. And by that, I mean. We're going to manage Sam Bradford in practice. Mm. He's going to do some individual drills and some team, but when he's not, Josh Rosen is getting those number ones. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure Sam Bradford can make it to week one, so we're not necessarily going to wear him out. now. Oh, and Josh Rosen is going to get those reps with the first-team offense when Sam's not there. So it is all set up that if Josh Rosen can learn Mike McCoy's system – and Mike McCoy likes high IQ quarterbacks, not saying Sam Bradford isn't, but that's one thing you do hear about Josh Rosen. 
I, I think mm. I, I'm fully expecting Josh Rosen to win this job, and I'm fully expecting the guy who has been the D.B. Cooper of fantastic contracts, Sam Bradford, <laughs> be holding that, 50, that clipboard for $15 wow. million dollars on the side. Wait a second. Week one. Did you just drop D.B. Cooper, the guy that jumped out of the plane? Jumped out of the plane. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yep. I got to tweet, wow. I gotta I tweet that whole quote after the show. Yeah. Was, that was a I also saw the subtext at the beginning of it, which is you called Sam Bradford a dummy compared to I did. Josh Rosen. I, that's going to be my headline. Why? <laughs> <laughs> a lot I'm of different ever, headlines to take out of that smart commentary. Guy, and he looked, he's dummy D.B. Cooper. <laughs> oh, he's smart. No, who's gotten paid more than Sad Bradford? The well, answer his, is nobody. Well, yeah. let's not give him all the credit. Years. I think it's probably Tom Condon, who's his agent, who's doing it, done a nice job for him. Look, and, and again, we can sit here and talk about how much the Cardinals loved Josh Rosen come the draft. He fell to 10. That's why they love him. They weren't expecting to get him. That's why they gave Sam Bradford $15 million. So That's a good point. You know, that's that's all part of it, too. If, if Josh Rosen would have gone at 7, we might have been talking about Josh Allen or somebody mm-hmm. else. Right. Being in Arizona. And for people who do not know, D.B. Cooper was, well, we don't know who it was. That was the assumed identity or yes. the fake name uh, that that a man that hijacked, hijacked a plane, uh, demanded money, uh, and then landed the plane, got the money he asked for, uh, and also a parachute, and then got the plane back in the air, and then <laughs> skydived out of the plane. It's amazing. It's it one of my favorite. It was never stories. found. It was you, never seen again. Never seen Ultimate again. Ultimate multiple heist. Yeah. In like wow. burglary robbery history. I, I always. What con- about Brock Osweiler's contract? Brock <laughs> <laughs> hasn't done it with as many teams for as much money. I always that. confuse DB Cooper with uh, DB Sweeney, another legend who was of the, the cutting edge, the fame? star of the cutting edge, yeah. uh, great <laughs> the hockey ice, movie, ice skating uh, rom com. That's what I no. thought you were referring yeah. to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Two that legends. Is a good move. Now let's make a, another connection. Let's go Dabble Swinney right now. So there you go. Hey. Oh, yeah. Might as well do it. Michael Jordan, Deshaun Watson, the same person. <laughs> uh, all right, that's what's happening in the news. Uh, actually, one more bit of news. Uh, you may remember David Tepper. Is that the name? Dave Tepper? Yes. David mm-hmm. Tepper, he's the new owner of the Carolina Panthers. The uh, owners made it official this week uh, during a Q&A that involved our NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, uh, Tepper asked this of Mr. Rappaport. What's your What's your name again? Ian Rappaport. Do you Do you color that hair? Or is that a real haircut? <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and to Ian's credit, he it also he followed it by asking a question of Tepper as well, Why right? We the, the whole thing. He, oh he, no. He said, "You know, that's pretty good for someone who doesn't have much hair." Mm. That's a nice job by Ian. Yes. It was great. Also, a predictable answer by Ian. Well, you know, it's a good save. Um. So. I thought this was a story that maybe the ATN media insider needed to dig into. Okay. ATN. 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 Media insider. 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 Damn. Hands. 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 For the truth, go to the Zeus. Get him. in the morning. All right. So, I reached out. I knew Ian's on vacation. Ian is... Actually, he's with Sessler at the Econo Lodge. <laughs> I think no, on a more traditional vacation. In fact, when I reached out, he sees his family on his vacation. Yeah, when I reached out to Rap Sheet about uh, these allegations or the questions by the Panthers owner, uh, Ian was running in the woods of Mississippi. But he said, "I said I want to give he you the opportunity." Brings his phone with him, like Forrest Gump. Yes, he does. What's which wrong is, with him? I guess that's he's well, got he's, his Bluetooth. That's in the burden. Here. That's okay. the burden. I got it. I, that's the burden. That's what the money's for. Yeah. Um, so I said, Ian, I I would love to follow up on the story and get really your side of it. This isn't gotcha journalism, not looking to 
uh, you know, lure you into a trap, although I have personally questioned him over the years about his hair as well. I wanted him as an old friend, uh, the opportunity and the platform, because Ian doesn't have enough platforms. So um, <laughs> let us now uh, dig a little deeper into the story, Tamposi. What's the truth, real or fake? Hairgate. And I got a statement from the Rappaport camp. Whoa. Nobody else has got this, Greg. So next is I, it you, triple source? Well, you went straight, no, to, went the straight to the source. Yeah, this is and exclusive. I said, I said, Ian, you could come on the show or you could give me a statement. He said, listen, I'm on vacation. I, I can't. I can't come on the show, but he uh, threw his spokesman, and his spokesman is Leah Rappaport, oh, Ian's, wow. Ian's wife, uh, had this to say. I have the monopoly on artificially colored hair in this household. <laughs> While Ian does spend an enormous amount of time on his hair, it's mostly to make sure it's perfectly in place with a huge assist from Schwarzkopf Flexwax. Oh, Norman? Norman Norman? I <laughs> guess everybody's got to make money. The color. Who knew? Yeah. The color is and always has been all his own. So right there, that's. Okay. It's a strong denial. That's a categorical denial of anything that people are throwing out there, including myself. Are you going to forward that to, to Dave Tepper? To Fred Thompson? <laughs> I you Tepper. should. So you should definitely Thompson. release it on Twitter. Yeah. But it's- Fred Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we need to get this out there. Uh, beyond, but I wanted to break it here on the podcast. That's strong. I'm glad you did. Comes from, so you know, it's the first the, thing this podcast has ever broken. What's the hair wax? Schwartz. Wait, so when you have a public Schwartz statement, you don't need wax. a triple source because I don't. Is that just? Uh, this is well. I guess it's a public statement, but I got it directly yeah. from in a private conversation. I'm making a public. The big get. And the fact that you you dropped some some product label knowledge now, Ian is going to get a. Lifetime supply <laughs> yeah. of yeah. Norman's gonna call him up today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks for what you've done. I'm a hero, Stormin Norman. Um, and uh, of course, um, I use Redken. And of course, if anybody is the work hard molding paste. Uh, I don't do wax. I don't do wax. It, Why? I, it's a little stiff for my liking. I like a little bit of control, and um, that's just my thing. But anyway, there's your update. Coconut oil. Is that what you're using? Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> shine that head. Go shine nice. it up. <laughs> Looks nice. Anybody else want to share their product before we move on? Steve? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. My, my, yeah, my, my, I'm my product has a name that might offend. Oh. <laughs> oh now no, now I'm really know. intrigued. We, yeah, could, we could bleep it out. Actually, no, it's, it's called Mixed Chicks. <laughs> oh. For biracial, bi-ethnicity, really? bi whatever. It's a nice like product it. for those of us with a short neck. But it's kind of geared towards women. But you, but it works. I think that's where you. the chicks part of it, yeah, comes in. <laughs> I want to. I'm really glad. I'm glad you asked that question. Dude. I want to do a whole podcast just on hair product. That's my, my favorite. Goal. It's triple sec. Triple sec. Yeah. The liquor. Nope. It's a hair product, but I like my hair products to also double as double liquor. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, the truth, real or fake? <laughs> Hairgate. All right, there you go. Now, let us uh, move on. Who do you still trust after a, uh, a tough 2017? We saw a lot of injuries, controversy. Uh, it, it tested, Wes, it tested the metal of the, the common football fan on some level. Well, I think a lot of people in this country, maybe around the world, lost trust in, in other individuals, in institutions, just in life. So, you know, in 2018, we need to spin it forward as who is left to trust? At wow. this point in time, who gives us hope? So this has to I be like someone who you trusted before in the past. I think I messed this game up. 
Go ahead, Wes. Answer the question. See if that, Colleen can be a part is, of it. It so. could be somebody totally new, but you have just found you're, you're, that's the rock upon you're which you're, for, you're building your football church. You're looking for someone to trust. Got it. It's going to be great, guys. That's who you are fixing yourself to to survive 2018. There you go. All right. Oh, wow. That's a heck of a that's a heck of an amendment there, Wes. <laughs> I mean, you guys can all – that's how I'm looking at it, but you guys can all approach it through your own viewpoint. A heck of an amendment. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go, around, let's go around the room, and everyone is going to – let us know who they are. Like a trust fall, like when you do the – do they still do that? When we we should do it, actually. It? Let's do that after this. Oh, yep. I was also doing this as like a head-to-head battle. Okay, why don't you get us started, Wes? You're the only one that understands this. <laughs> I did segment. sort of a who do you trust more scenario. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, yeah what, that's whatever that's you want it to be. It's all good. It's Friday. It's in the well, moment. To me, I'm, I'm yeah. throwing it out to the group. Oh, okay. Who do yep, you right. trust more in 2018? Yes. Right. Sean McVay or Tony Romo? Wow, that's deep. Hmm. You're saying two men who were inspirational in their performances last season, who can stay at that level or even take it up a notch? To me, the most fascinating innovation going on in the NFL right now is what Sean McVay is whispering in Jared Goff's ear at the line of scrimmage. And Tony Romo, to me, as much as I always loved John Madden, he has taken broadcasting to a whole new level. He's like a choose-your-own-adventure tour guide for fourth-quarter comebacks, yeah. and I've never seen that before. Well, th- this one's easy for me. I- I'm going Tony Romo because while Sean McVay has to go up against the Vikings defense and the Eagles defense and the Seahawks, he- Pete Carroll a couple times, and like those are big-time competitors, and the NFL is crazy. <laughs> Who's Tony Romo going up against? I mean uh, – Jason Witten. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, well, Trent, Green, I think, Trent Green and whatnot. I think I, what you're getting at is like the idea that no one is actually try, scheming to take Tony Romo and, down either. And my and right? my thought with Tony Romo, and I totally am on board with you with your take on Tony Romo, is uh, he's just going to keep getting better. I think he was incredible, and I'm I want to settle in for a nice five to ten year minimum Tony Romo broadcasting. I'm, look, I, I'm all on Sean McVay because here's the thing. What can Sean McVay get that Tony Romo never can? Ooh. Ooh. A Lombardi trophy. You're right. You're damn mm. right. So I'm in on Sean. Plus, Tony Romo. Playing the rings argument for yeah. Romo. Poor guy. Plus, Tony Poor guy Romo. can't escape and it. I, and You're I on love, the road on Sundays. You're not even watching. And I, I hate luck. And I, and I love Tony, Tony Romo, but he's got freaking CP3 right next to him. Putting mm. it at the cup. But he's kind of set up then to really succeed. All he has to do is just sit down, kick back, and talk. I'm not saying that. Tony Damn. puts in the work. But, Sean, come on. He's got to rely on. You're giving Jim Nance a lot of credit here. As, yeah. He's pretty good. He deserves okay. a whole lot. You know what? Nance is kind of a fascinating guy to talk about, too, because <laughs> where Steve's coming from is that Nance is a legend. A lot of people say that. And I, I think he's very good. And then there are he, people no, like no. Greg that, you know, disrespecting him. I'm not obviously. disrespecting him. I'm just saying I'm saying Tony Romo's the star of that operation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just like James Harden is the star of the Rockets, but Chris Tony Paul's Romo is Don Except Hudson. Except from three, I'm not going to lie. Tony Romo is Don Hudson. He's doing yeah. things that are three generations ahead of what anybody else is doing. Oh my! Did you guys answer it? 
Oh, yeah. I'm Romo. No one's trying to take Romo down. Everyone's trying to – how do we figure out and destroy Sean McVay? So who do I trust more? It's Romo continuing to grow as a broadcaster. I think Romo because he's not really facing any competition. Like, mm. he he's doesn't have to go in and game plan every week. He has to do his homework, but he already knows what he's doing, and he's already charmed everybody. He was, he was like um, Brad Pitt in Thelma and Louise-level Comet uh, oh. in his first year. Wow. We're just like, oh, that guy's wow. a star, and now you're just going to watch for the next 20 years, 25 years, mm. him continuing – to be a star. Didn't get pushed. There but the ring argument is really good. <laughs> there's, <laughs> Greg, there's a devil's advocate <laughs> to, your, to your point. Yeah. That he'll just continue to improve. A lot of people think, like, the far, further removed he is from playing quarterback and seeing these defenses, yeah. what defensive coordinators are doing to quarterbacks or what trends are going on, that he's going to lose a little bit of that. I, uh, I hear that. But I, I think no. he's – I think you right, don't think so. Even if that was true, I think year two, year three would Sophomore be like slump, smack though. in his prime where his he prime. knows how to broadcast and he's still very close to the game. Correct. You might have something and, eventually. And, and, look, he's going to sit down with all these coaches and all the new technology and all this stuff. He, he's going to put in the work. He's not just going there to uh, – to be excitable on Sunday. Did you, no did you have a take, Wes, or you were just putting the question? I feel like Wes should be asking all the questions because none of us totally <laughs> understood what was happening. <laughs> well, you, you have a take, Wes? Uh, Ooh, on the that, spot. That was I was I'd say Steve hey. really threw me with the, you know, who who could possibly have more to gain. Mm. Mc, Romo can never have what McVay could have. That's hmm. fair. That's fair. All right. I trust them both so much. I'll throw one out there. Well, I had one that was kind of similar, so I don't want to make this the broadcasting show because I was going to say Bruce Arians in the booth or Jason Witten in the booth. Mm. I did Jason Witten or John Gruden <laughs> we did on a lot the field. Of yeah. So let me – Well, we could, we can I, – I would just say I trust Arians more. Yeah. I guess there's no way to know, though, until we actually get both of them in the booth. <laughs> for, for any of this. I, I trust Arians yeah. with a cough button more. <laughs> with the seven with the seven second delay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, who do we who do we trust more as an assumed savior? Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Not that they need to be saved uh, the Chiefs, but take finally taking them to the next level uh in the conference or John Gruden. Mm. And right Ooh. now, I'm talking in 2018, not yeah, Patrick Mahomes 3 years from now, I'm saying fixing what ails the teams, respective teams. Well, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say Patrick Mahomes, um, because John Gruden has just absolutely overturned this roster. There's such a wild card. We have no idea what they're gonna be. Whereas the Chiefs, you know, right. I, I think defensively they still have a long way to go. But Mahomes has got a lot of toys to play with with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. You know, it, they just got a, a Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware's coming back. So we're not think concerned about the reports that Patrick Mahomes has struggled in OTAs. I'm not. Re- yeah, I'm not. I don't scared care. about any. OTA struggling. No, when when these two teams <laughs> match up and it's and it's Mahomes versus Hackenberg in week thirteen, oh, I'm oh I'm sticking with Mahomes. I'm oh. all aboard the Mahomes oh. Express. I love this combination of him and Andy Reid. So I almost trust Andy. anybody more than John Gruden at this point. Wow, I know. Wow. Well, that's I know. See, I but know. Colleen's speaking a a vote. It's either a vocal minority or it is the majority of football fans. We either on some level have it out for John Gruden a little bit. They don't like his style. And I how think he's it's like this. residual too from when he was with the Bucks and like what happened with the Bucks and the Eagles. Yeah. Like I just like and the I booth. just don't okay. like and the, booth, and just, the booth, which I think he was unfairly maligned. I like yeah. him a lot in the booth, but I for whatever reason it became cool to kind of at some point John Gruden started rubbing people the wrong way, and I think that has really been an underlying fan experience that people would not mind seeing John Gruden and his $100 million contract come flaming to the ground. Hmm. 
I'm not rooting for that to happen, but I feel like it. it I don't I feel like you are, and it, it doesn't speak highly of you. No, I'm. Not, I would never root for anybody to fail, but I. I just. I don't know. You're right. He just rubs me the wrong way, and I think just from everything that happened when he was with the Bucks, I can't. I can't forgive it. I can't let it go. I think we've talked about this, Greg, on the podcast. I because of all the Gruden hate, I'm going the other way. I'm like, let's go, Johnny. Let's fix the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Let's and go he, twelve and, and four. He, and he could. I mean, it's weird. You look at what they've done this off season. They look like they're going to be a very physical team, but they can only do it for a year because everybody's on yeah. AARP. Other than I Derek just want Carr to be yeah. interesting because he a good <laughs> Raiders better. team makes the league more interesting. Oh yeah, and a, especially with Gruden. I'm going Mahomes to Steve's point about that offense. I'm not saying it's like the late '90s Vikings where you can just plug in Randall Cunningham and Jeff George and right. all these guys, but. This is one of the best situations in the league from the offensive line to the running game to the receivers. And then Andy Reid is your coach. I mean, how he's set up to succeed. Erica, did you have something to say on this? Yeah, on my flight to Oakland, actually, on Tuesday, I sat next to an, an older gentleman, Chuck. And, uh, All right, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. An old guy named Chuck. An I old like guy that. Named Was it Chuck. Chuck or Chuck E.? Uh, Chuck. Just <laughs> okay. Chuck. Chuck. Middle name could have been E, actually, okay. so can't confirm. But uh, he was – you would think that – Literally, the second coming has happened, and the whole city of Oakland, like, he talked my ear off for the entire 58-minute flight. Like, I did not, you know, we were talking football, and, you know, he was making sort of Patriots digs and telling, do you know the history? You know, I got the whole thing of the Raiders. But that, that being said, horrible, by the way. it was yeah. literally terrible. And he literally gave me his email <laughs> so I could go see, like, the Raiders stadium. Like he had some sort of he didn't have an in, Chuck like, has some pull. Did he no. ask you to drinks that night too? I literally, think was going literally, on it was it was super he, weird. Ah, yeah. What did he yeah. give you? Did he write That's his email on like a know. cocktail napkin? Yeah, and then he kept being like, "You're not gonna email so me." I was like, yeah, "Oh God, no, oh, not. No. But that's besides the point. Besides the point is that <laughs> Oakland, like Oakland is so exciting. Raider for Nation Gruden. is all about Gruden. Raider yeah. Nation, yes. and and the fact that it's going to Vegas like these next two years, like the city is gonna like they're they're gonna make their mark. And do you know in the seventies? and 80s when the right I hope this happens. Save yeah. it for the Chuck yeah. Puck. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a great little clip to... Um, from the Oakland Coliseum. This will be a great little <laughs> clip to play and look back on at your wedding with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he's a little a little older than me. Tad. Uh, who else got one? All right, I got one. I'm going to throw one out. Yeah. Um, who, well, so I guess, who do you trust more? That's how I sort of framed it. That's it. That's, that's Deshaun it. Watson or Dalvin Cook? Oh, the knee. The knee injury comeback. Yeah. The lace I know. I was talk. thinking Deshaun Watson or Jimmy G. That's I like this. This is a good one. I, I'm going to go Dalvin Cook because I just think for this season, we're talking about 2018. He's a second. The, the position's just so much harder. A second-year mm-hmm. quarterback without a great offensive line. That's hard enough if everything's perfect and you've only started five games and you're coming off a big injury. He just is going to be asked to do so much more by the nature of, being Deshaun Watson, so I trust Dalvin Cook more. I'm gonna say Dalvin Cook as well. I mean, he's got the rotation. He's got the most stacked team. Yeah. You know, in the NFL, they'll ask a lot of him, but not a, a significant amount. Whereas, you know, Deshaun, he's got Jacksonville. You know, that that defense, Tennessee, is going to be no freaking joke like in that, that division. So, I'll say Dalvin Cook as well. There's something about the Texans' offensive line and the fact that they're changing their entire offense that makes me say Dalvin Cook. I just don't trust the Texans' offensive line this year. They they might be the worst in the league. Uh, Debo Sweeney, Debo Sweeney, Debo Sweeney, and it's Sweeney, Sweeney, Sweeney. I'll I'll stand with him. Watson, 
It's a transcendent talent. Sure. 16 games. Let's fly. All right. And Cook looked great before he got hurt. Yeah, I'd go with Cook, too. I just feel like the expectations are so high for Deshaun I mean, Watson. I was doing some research for something I wrote this week, and I was reading Greg's projected starters, and, and the way I was reading, I was like, oh, they might win three games this year. The Texans? Think. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, t- they're stacked. Their great players are great. Their defensive line, if they're healthy, might be you know the best in the league yeah, or right up some. there. It's very well written. They're built but like I, a It seems Cowboys like you weren't team, high right? on but them I, is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I don't like those teams that seem like they have like eight or nine really good players, and then the rest of the roster just kind of bunk. Like the Cowboys for most of the past yeah. 20 years. That's like I, a recipe for 7-9, and nine. not 0-16. Not mm. can, can I ask you who you trust? I got one. Yeah. Okay, so these are teams that cleared out veteran starters for these people to be the man. Derrick Henry or Devontae Adams? Ooh. Definitely Devontae Adams. Hmm. I mean, he's already he's already there. Just back-to-back good years, but does anybody talk about him? Is he, is Nobody he, had is he more, the guy they lean on? No wide receiver had more touchdowns the last two years than Devontae yeah. Adams. Wow. That's I mean he's already there. Derrick Henry, there are some days that he looks like the next great big running back. He looks like a better LeGarrette Blunt. And there's some days where he gets like twelve yards. You, you gotta be more consistent than that. And, go, and I think his running style has something to do with it. And the Packers receiver group is a little thinner than it's been. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is back. And so that makes me think he's gonna rely on Adams more than ever. So that's why without Jordy there, like especially, and then you look at what they have at tight end and everything else. I mean, I know they brought in Jimmy Graham and stuff, but I, I just think that Devontae Adams, it's kind of like the road has cleared for him to the, succeed. The biggest compliment I could pay Devontae Adams is that when Aaron Rodgers disappeared and Brett Hundley, who could not hit the ocean from a boat, mm. came in, Devontae Adams somehow stayed productive yeah. all throughout that uh, Brett Hundley period, which was very shaky for their offense. So, yeah, he's going to eat mm. this year. So I trust him. I'll throw one out. Thinking of two groups that were absolutely dominant in 2016 and then fell off last year, who do you trust more? The Cowboys running game, which they're, they certainly are trusting, or the Falcons passing game? Ooh, that's good. Get back. That's a mm. fantastic question. And, and I'm going to go with the Dallas running game. I'm still and, – and this is and a lot of folks in Atlanta, Falcons fans, there's still question marks all over Steve Sarkeesian. Um, they've got the talent adding and adding Ridley to that group. I mean, they could be just absolutely incredible in, in any factor in Coleman and Freeman as receiving running backs. But people just don't know if Sark, you know, with Kyle Shanahan setting the bar, they just don't know if he's the mm. guy. So I'll go with the Cowboys running game. Yeah, I, I would answer the same question for the same reasons. And Zeke, even in a down year last year, was still averaging 100 rushing yards a game. Right. He was – there were games last year where – they stayed in games because he keeps converting third downs over and over. He's he's that good in their offensive line. They add Connor Williams. They're even better. Not yeah. much of a passing game to to help him out. Or potentially. I don't potentially. I don't know if they like they passing game was terrible last year and he still was That's fair. fine. Cowboys run game for me. I mean, like you look at what happened last year with Julio Jones and it was like, where was he all year? And Steve Sarkeesian, just the plays that he was calling and all of those guys that he had to play with on offense. Like imagine if Sean McVay was in there and what he was able to, what he would have been able to do with that offense. It's, it's crazy to think about. I want to mix it up, but I can't same issues with the offensive Mm. coordinator in Atlanta. And also I thought, I think uh, last year for, 
Elliott was probably a sobering season. The game was taken away from him with the suspension. He came in, he was a little out of shape, and then he saw how the game is harder when you're not in peak condition. He got he got fit as the season went along. I wouldn't be surprised if, and I'm sorry there's no trope siren running that we've heard, <laughs> that Zeke Elliott's in the best shape of his life. I'm sure that's coming soon. Uh, but all that, that he's motivated. Okay, right, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I have I would not be surprised if he's 1,500-plus mm. yards and carrying Ooh. that offense. Yeah. Sleeping on the Falcons. I love it. Well, Ridley, if he hits, forget it. But, you know, I mean, rookie wide receiver, who knows? And that I think I ranked the Falcons third or fourth yeah, two, on offense. Two great groups, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you want us to diss the Cowboys running game? I can't do that. One more, Wes. Do you have another one that we can go out on? Who do you trust more 2017 breakout stars, Jimmy Garoppolo or Doug Peterson? Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, because yeah. Doug Peterson, he's missing a couple of his guys yeah. now on that coaching staff. He lost staff. Frank Reich. He lost <laughs> didn't have Filippo. His, didn't have his quarterback for the Super Bowl. Yeah, right, is, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Look, I'm done doubt, doubting mm. that guy. Yeah. That is a great one. Even Mike Lombardi got out of the doubting yeah. game. Yeah. Well, he didn't have much choice. That was like the <laughs> – Has a hot take ever gone more wrong than, than Michael Lombardi on <laughs> no. Doug Peterson? Um, wow. I'm riding. I'm struggling I'm riding, here. I'm riding, though, with Jimmy G. Uh, because, you know, this is stuff I talk with the Niners. They said they, they had their playbook basically down to about 10 pages. I'm exaggerating a little. But mm-hmm. just to kind of go week to week with Jimmy G. And now he's had a whole offseason to get with Kyle Shanahan. They go out and they get Jarek McKinnon on offense. They're going to they're gonna pair him with Matt Breida. I mean, you have two guys. Georgia Southern, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the, two guys who can skate. They Are they the, the Golden Eagles? I believe so. Oh yeah. So they've got. They said they don't have a running back that runs slower than a four or five flat. So they have game breakers. Wow. You know, mm. we don't. They don't have necessarily a great group of wide receivers, but a good enough group. So let's go, Jimmy G. It's kind of hard to repeat as the Super Bowl champs. I'm Doug go Peterson to- all day. <laughs> <laughs> that is the least surprising development. Yeah, of this no. podcast. I'm with you though. I'm with you. I'm gonna go Peterson barely. Jimmy G has the edge that he has a great coach with him, and you know we'll see. But in terms of the Eagles, but I feel like the Eagles offense is going to be very good almost no matter what. We've seen that with, with Nick Foles taking over. There is a scenario where Jimmy G has some second year struggles or maybe, maybe he doesn't even it doesn't bomb out or anything, but he's not near that level that they were at last year. Whereas I'd be shocked if the Eagles offense isn't humming along nicely. Yeah, I think the Eagles and Peterson are going to be fine, but Jimmy G special. You love There's, Jimmy G. Scott, I like Jimmy G a lot. I'm actually I'm not the biggest fan in this room, I don't think, but I he still has a lot to prove, but he just uh, he has the look. You know he those, had the results at the end of last year. He's I got trust the look. Him. Oh, he, Dan. You know what, that, what what does that mean? Just saying. Are you, ah! are you objectifying him? <laughs> no. She's trying to get him a Schwartz He looks like <laughs> a quarterback. Hair, hair, hair gel deal. <laughs> yeah, a little short Storm and Norman hair gel. <laughs> you know that legendary dream team practice that they always talk oh, about? Oh yeah. What, when Leitner just got destroyed? That one? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan beats Magic's team and they're trash talking. They say it's the highest level basketball's ever been played. Yes. I feel like the Jimmy G practices in New England are starting to take on that legendary status. Cassius Marsh, who <laughs> plays for the 49ers now, who played for New England at the time, they asked him about Jimmy G because he, he arrived late in the season to the 49ers and didn't get to see a lot of it. And he said, oh, I saw this every day in practice. All the Patriots did where Brady would come out and then Garoppolo would just trash the first team defense over and over again. So add him to the list. Basically, Belichick has say, said the same thing. I love Garoppolo because I take Brady out and you don't miss anything. 
Mike Lombardi has said that, that, you know, glowing reports that if you saw him in practice, you would have no doubts about it. Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, these guys have all basically said Jimmy G is Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady had nothing to do with Jimmy G being and sent right out of town. Keep in mind, Blake Bortles trashed the Patriots defense, too. That is yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> that's true. Um, Just kidding. I love Jimmy G. All right. As did Nick Foles. Yes. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Good stuff, everybody. Nice Butler. Uh, Steve, you were brilliant. Like Brad Pitt in Thelma and Louise. <laughs> oh, a man. Comment. Gosh, at least, at least, I'm, at least, I thought you were going to go Todd Bridges. <laughs> what was the hair care? <laughs> mixed mixed chicks. Mixed chicks. Mixed chicks. Mixed chicks. Mixed chicks. So check that out. Um, if it's something you think would be good for your follicle situation. Um, and uh, Colleen. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Yeah. You coming over to my house? I'll tomorrow? see you on Saturday. Are you buying a heat lamp? I'm working on it. Cool. I actually spoke with Steve. I'm having a barbecue on Saturday. You're welcome, of course. Thank you. How could you live in LA and not have a heat lamp? Right? Listen, mm. I put it off for a while, but now I understand that <laughs> this is the time. Yes. So I'm looking into it. I'm, I want to get the right value buy, but I'm willing to spend some money for it, too. Now it's about is it going to be the standing one or is it going to be the one that goes on a desk? I've been doing a lot of research. Just don't go table. cheap because those things do burn. Yeah. Flammable aspect to it, so spend a little coin. Oh, not to burn down my house? Yes. Dan they, rolls they, out a they, $500 they, they, lamp. It's gold. Like, <laughs> like wearing pajamas next to the Christmas tree in the 1930s. Uh, it's from like MC Hammer's house foreclosure. I got his heat lamp. Um, all right. <clears throat> a little MC Hammer bit. Now, as promised, Fortnite, it is the game that we all love. It's the game America loves. It's the game the world loves. Um, all right. Has anyone here played Fortnite before? Wait, we're talking about a game? I thought we were talking about two weeks, like a Fortnite. I no, thought no, no, it was no. like Shakespeare Wimbledon in the Park. is a Fortnite, oh. right? Right. But no, this is the game. Who has experience with the game? No. Nah. Not the kid. I seriously thought it was a Shakespeare bit. I got nothing. <laughs> Okay. Well. Good topic. Then hands are signing <laughs> up for Steve Weish, the mailman, Connie Fox, the old boss, and loose cannon behind the glass. Tell Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. 
Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.